Think fast. After some technical difficulties, we put fantasy football on hold and we take a look at the latest news from around the NFL. Which NFL star has been released from their team? And what moves have the Washington football team made recently? Find out now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone. I'm Justin Rogers, and joined by my cousin for the first time in about nine months, Chris Rogers. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, just getting through quarantine. I feel it. I feel I feel like we're all kind of getting through quarantine right now. And just so you guys know, Chris and I just had our fantasy football draft for our league that we've had for our family for the past now six years. Just had that. Chris, unfortunately, got dealt the eighth overall pick, as he does every single year. Every year I get the eighth pick. It's unfair. Every year. <laughs> every single year. But enough about fantasy. I feel like we've been talking about fantasy even a little too much. Brandon and I doing a fantasy football series, but we're going to take a little bit of a break from that right now, and we're going to just focus on the headliners that we have, and talked about it a little bit in the intro. We have some news from the Washington football team. Coach Ron Rivera has skin cancer, and it looked like it was going to be a little bit worse than it is, but skin cancer a little bit better for him, and right now it looks like he is going to be the coach for the season. He still wants to be on the sideline. He is a fighter, and he's getting through it. We're happy to see him do that, but they do have a backup plan with Jack Del Rio in case that doesn't work out. Yeah, send him prayers to uh, to Ron Rivera and his family that he makes full recovery. Um, absolute feat of courage to be on the sideline, especially during times like this. And really, we've seen players before. I mean, you know, James Conner was in college, and we've seen Eric Berry as well when he was in the NFL really overcome this. So now having another figure who I believe he, he's going to overcome cancer. I, I think it's going to happen. And so having another figure like that, it, it's just great to have, especially with everything happening with COVID right now. But you look at the football side too, though. If Ron Rivera does decide to step away from football because of this, he handpicked his coaching staff. So really, his vision is still going to be carried out by his coaching staff, including, as I said before, Jack Del Rio, who's been a coach before. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Jack Del Rio, pretty good coach. Uh, their defense will definitely be better off if he's the coach uh, stand-in for Ron Rivera. I think they'll be in good hands, even if Ron Rivera decides to step away from the game. More news out of Washington. Former Cardinal and Brown player Jason Wright has just become the NFL's first ever black team president for the Washington organization. And this is definitely an historic hire because you think about former GMs. I mean, we think about guys like John Elway who have really impacted. You think about other sports, too, with Billy Bean in the A's and really the impact that he had on that team. So you take a guy and let's, you know, it's historic because he is the first black president for this team however I mean, you look at a guy who's been a former player and now he went to business school after he was out of the nfl so he's got both sides mm -hmm. this could possibly really work out for the washington football team i mean former players it's usually hit or miss uh for these types of positions uh good luck to him hope he has a good season this year and we'll see how it goes and probably the biggest news from this past week on Sunday, Earl Thomas, now the former Raven, is a free agent because of a scuffle that he got into with his former fellow safety, Chuck Clark. 
What do you think about this? There are a couple of teams that are in the running now. I mean, it's been half a week since this happened, and we heard teams like the Cowboys, 49ers, even the Texans that are interested, but now we're hearing the Cowboys might be out, but then Jerry Jones says you're wrong. We might get him, and then the 49ers says they're out. I mean, Kyle Shanahan said that. So what do you think about this, him being released, and is there a possible destination? I mean, will he even be on a roster by the start of the season? See, as a Steelers fan, I'm happy he got cut. I think he's a dirty player. He had a dirty hit on Mason Rudolph this year. I was at that game. It looked dirty from all angles, but that's just me being biased. I don't think he'll be on a team coming this year. Teams saw how he's a locker room cancer. Um, He just doesn't mesh well with players. His ego is just insanely big. And teams are moving away from egotistical players nowadays. You saw the Steelers getting rid of A.B., even the Patriots getting rid of A.B. after they got him because you just can't handle that type of player in a locker room who doesn't mesh with anyone but, you know, people who stroke his ego. If there's one team that is going to sign an egotistical player, it's going to be the Cowboys, though. I mean, you know, nothing against Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, but, I mean, we've seen players like that. I mean, come on, Des Bryant, when they signed T.O., I mean, you know, they knew what he was coming in with, and yet they still signed him. I mean, granted, I think he is a little bit of an overrated player. You see his stats last year. wasn't that great. And honestly, I mean, if you really looked at his track record, you should have saw this coming because there were times where he didn't show up to team meetings multiple times Mm -hmm. during the season. He got in a scuffle with another player that was well-liked on the Ravens last year during the season, which honestly, since that Super Bowl season that they had was their best season, you know, with Lamar as MVP. So really, I think this is a good move by the Ravens. They think and they know they have a Super Bowl roster, even without Earl Thomas on the team. They're really just trying to get a good, healthy environment in that locker room. I mean, yeah, he was definitely a talented player, like, what, five years ago, but he's definitely on the back nine of his career. We don't know how much he has left in the tank. It's definitely, in my opinion, not worth the money to bring in a locker room distraction in the last couple years of his career. But really be looking for any of the teams that were looking to get Jamal Adams and didn't get him. Any of those teams, I could definitely see them getting Earl Thomas in this situation. And staying in the AFC, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs who have just announced earlier this week that they're going to have what is now the highest capacity of fans in the stands with 22% capacity. That is roughly around 16,000 people in the stands. And if you've been paying attention to Twitter, I mean, they've already been having people in the stands for their workouts and everything that's going on before the season starts. They're also allowing tailgating. I mean, I've seen the Chiefs are the one team. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl, so why wouldn't you want your fans in the stands So what do you think about this? And is this possibly really an unfair advantage for the Chiefs? And another question as well is how could other teams, depending on how COVID goes, build off of this? I mean, you and I both love the game of football. We watch it as often as possible. We both know how big of an impact that the Chiefs fans have on a game being the loudest crowd ever recorded. I just, for considering that most teams will not be allowing fans in the stadium, I do think it's an unfair advantage, but I don't know what other teams could do to help remedy this. Considering, you know, the we're in a global pandemic, I think it should be on the NFL, Roger Goodell and his team to decide if teams should be allowed to have fans in the stadium. Uh, because I think it should be everyone should have fans or no one should have fans just to make it, you know, as a fair advantage. I mean, right now, I think that this could possibly be the platform 
that other teams use, kind of the playbook as you would. I mean, we're in football. We're going to talk about playbooks here. But the playbook that other teams might use if COVID does kind of lighten up a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk about what COVID, you know, the effects that it's having on the NFL and just a little bit, another headliner that we have. But it could be a playbook that is used. And I'm going to agree with you, Chris. I think it isn't. Brandon and I both agree on this. It is an unfair advantage that some teams have home field and some don't. We've seen, I think, at least 10 teams say that they're not going to have fans in the stands. I mean, obviously, two of them are in MetLife Stadium in the same stadium. And we also saw Las Vegas, you know, their brand new shiny stadium isn't going to have anybody in it. Now, we could see teams going into their stadiums if COVID gets better by the time we get to the playoffs. And who knows, teams that don't have anybody in the stands now, if they get to the playoffs, they might allow them to have people in the stands. You never know. But yeah, I think you're right. They need to have some sort of policy where people let in fans or they don't at all. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got to be league-wide just so no one has an unfair advantage and it's, you know, clean slate across the board. And now moving from professional football to college football and just college sports in general, the NCAA has voted to give an extra year of eligibility to fall Division One athletes. What do you think about this, Chris? Good for the athletes, you know. Um, they fought to be able to play the sport that they love this fall. A lot of them didn't get that chance. There's been a big power struggle between the athletes and the NCAA for, you know, for money and stuff like that. I think they deserve it. And if they don't want to take that extra year of eligibility, I think they should be able to still enter the draft like they would, uh, like if there was a normal college football season. But yeah, great for the athletes, you know, using their collective voice to get what they want. And I think that's great, too, that and especially Brandon talked about this a little bit with me, that especially freshmen, you don't go into your first season and now possibly losing that is almost everything. Mm -hmm. And so now you really got to think about it is now they get that season back. They possibly get all four, if not three seasons together. But let's look at the other side here, the NFL, the NFL draft. How is this going to affect NFL teams who they're expecting seniors to come out, but now they might not even enter the draft? I mean, some of these seniors who are going to be first-round picks, you know, they're probably still going to declare for the draft considering that they can't get hurt and their draft stock can't get worse. But for some of these bubble seniors, you know, who they could be first-round picks if they were in a different draft or uh, just depending on different factors, uh, it's not good for NFL teams. But um, for some of these seniors who want to possibly raise their stock in the draft, it's great for them. So for our last headliner that we have, Talking about COVID-19 again, there have been many reports that there have been 77 false positive tests for COVID-19 from bioreference laboratories in the NFL that have come back negative. And teams have resumed normal practice schedules now that they know they don't have any positive tests, which it really does affect teams because they couldn't have practice if they had players that were tested positive Mm -hmm. for COVID. So how is this going to affect the 2020 season? And does this kind of change literally what a lot of fans are thinking, whether we will have a full season or not? Could we possibly have a full season based on what we see here? Let me put on my tinfoil hat real quick, because all 77 of those false positive tests came from the same (laughs) laboratory in New Jersey. Just to me, that seems a little fishy, but you know, that's just me. So let me take my tinfoil hat back off. Um, I think that's a good sign, considering that there's been zero positive tests among players thus far. Um, 
I don't know about a full season because we don't know what COVID-19 is going to do in the winter, you know, if it spikes up like the flu or something like that happens. But for the near future, this is very good for the NFL. And, yeah, hopefully moving forward, you know, we have a full season. And kind of like you said, it's good that they found this now and not in the middle of the season. Definitely. Because how bad would it be if they had these false tests? And, again, like we really care about the player safety. But just talking about from a personnel standpoint, your best player gets COVID but really doesn't. And because of this, think about it. Now there are like zero positive mm-hmm. tests, which, you know, we were coming positive tests out of positive tests. And everybody's like, oh, boy, we're going to have, you know, 12 games. I mean, that's what I think. I think yeah. they should – only play within their conference, just all the out-of-conference games, just scrap them, play the 12 games. Is the NFL doing things right now that we see that there are zero positive tests? We'll find out. I mean, the we've seen so far from, you know, the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB, the leagues that have stayed in the bubble have been faring off a lot better. Like uh, the MLB, they've had multiple teams, you know, have COVID outbreaks. And I don't know if I'm pretty sure the NFL doesn't have a bubble um, in plans or in the works, and hopefully it works out for them, but it didn't work out for the MLB yet. I mean, they're still playing, but, you know, there's only so much you can control when you're not, you know, forcing all the teams to stay in, like, one city or a couple cities nearby, and there's only so much you can do about that, so we'll find out. Well, thank you, Chris, for being on Beyond the Blitz again. That's all we have for today as far as headliners go. Next week, we are going to talk about fantasy football again, going to talk about some sleepers and some possibly busts that you should stay away from in the fantasy draft. Also, we have our Beyond the Blitz Fantasy League, which Chris and I are both in. Hopefully, you won't get the eighth overall pick in this league. If I get the eighth overall pick... I'm auto-drafting. So stay tuned for the results of that draft, which will be this upcoming Sunday. So stay tuned for the results. We will be updating you constantly this entire season on the standings. So stay tuned on our Twitter page, beyond underscore blitz. And so have a great day, a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. And as always, stay purple. This has been Beyond the Blitz.